Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us this morning. Before we get into the Word, let's take a minute and pray. Lord, we just thank you for your name that is above every other name, Lord, in heaven and the earth and, and below the earth, Lord. And we thank you for the freedom that we have in you, God, the liberty, Jesus. We thank you for the healing that you provided, the victory, God, the strength for us when we're weakened, Lord. We thank you for your infinite wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding, Lord. And most importantly, we thank you for your love, God, and that it doesn't run out, Lord, and it's not exhausted with us, God. And that we're able to come before you with any need, God, and we can expect and we know that you will grant it to us in accordance to your will, Lord, and your word. So we just thank you for that today, Lord. And thank you for all the days that you have mapped out for each and every one of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We're <laughs> glad you're with us, and we're excited to continue our study on the Lord's house. And this morning, we are going to continue looking at creation and life in the garden. And now, we're getting to the fall of man, because we're still looking at the original pattern. That the Lord designed in his infinite wisdom. Alright, his infinite manifest yes. wisdom. Um, what the house of the Lord was supposed to look like. Okay? Yes. And the purpose. So, can I get a volunteer to read all of chapter 3? Genesis chapter 3. It's 24 verses. <laughs> I'll read it. All right, LeCharles. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the, tree of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You should not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its food and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then that man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, 
and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and, conce and your conception, and pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then Adam he then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of, of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, until you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles they shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat it, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Uh -huh. Amen. Amen. So I want to, before we get into it and discuss some things, there are a few points I want to highlight here, right? Yes. Um. We were initially were talking about the manifold wisdom of the Lord. All right? Yes. Yes. So, um, oh, that's what I was going to look up. It was um, the scripture that talks about, it's in Luke. Can someone find it for me? Luke, it's towards the end where it says, and Jesus showed himself explain himself in all the scriptures to the disciples. Luke 24, 27. I'm there. Would you mind reading that as well, sir? In the beginning, in beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he explained bounded to them in the script in all the scriptures the things concerning himself okay so we're going to begin there in verse 15 of genesis 3 this isn't the only thing we're going to discuss but we're going to start here right <coughs> he says and i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So when we look at this scripture, it is prophetically speaking about Christ. And, and I want to bring this up because this is the first, I'll say, pronouncement of judgment. The Lord addresses the serpent first, right? Yes. And of course, curses the serpent. It says, "On your belly you'll go, and on, and you'll eat or lick, depending on your um, translation, the dust 
or the dust of the earth all the days of your life. But then he says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman. And there are a number of scriptures that remind us or teach us about that exact thing, about enmity, right? Yes. And how the flesh is at enmity, is at war with the spirit, right? Yes. Yes. So that's what this is speaking about. But then, prophetically speaking, it says, and between your seed and her seed, that would be woman, which is about to be renamed Eve. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. yes. So it's speaking first of Jesus. And I, and I want to bring this up because in this moment, the Lord, already knowing what was going to happen, right? He called the end from the beginning. Again, we, we say, calls his shot. Does the Babe Ruth point? This is going to happen, right? Yes. yes. Talking about the manifold wisdom of the Lord, right? And then, if we could skip down here to, uh, let me find the verse. Um, hold on. 21. Verse 21. It says, and also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. What was the point and purpose of the temple? Throughout scripture. I know we're going to get into it, but I, I just a quick question and see if anyone knows off the top. It was supposed to cover the people? It's the place of sacrifice. This is the first sacrifice in the Bible, in scripture. The first one. So I, I want to bring this up because it's significant. What was the point and purpose of the sacrifice? Covering of sin. Okay. So do we understand what just happened here? The animal sacrifice was for covering of sin. But okay. The, the blood of Jesus sacrificing the spotless lamb was for the remission of sin. Amen. That it would be blotted out. Amen. Forever. So I, I bring this up because it's important. All right. The Lord in his infinite wisdom prophesied exactly what was to happen about the war and what was going to happen right and you can look at all yes. the there are a number of scriptures that talk about all the enemies being placed on the lord's feet mm. right and the yes. desire for the serpent was to consume the seed right and yes. we see that even in the garden here right yes and, and of course you can look all the way even in revelations 12 where it talks about the woman and the serpent. In the beginning part of that, talks about this woman being, uh, sorry, the Apostle John sees this, this is starting in verse 1, Re Revelation 12, verse 1. That's about this great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, under her head a garland of twelve stars, then being with child, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems. 
and his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Right? And of course, you can attribute that to Mary and Jesus. Right? And if you look at that in scripture in the Gospels, you see that exact thing, I'll say, played out. How it came to pass. Right? But like other things in scripture, there is always a, I'll say, a precursor or a type and a shadow. And isn't that exactly what happened here in the garden? The serpent trying to eliminate the seed by creating death. Right? The seed that the clue is being discussed is Jesus. But then I also want to put this out, right? The Lord calling his shot. This is exactly what's going to happen. And he not and he only he also tells him how it's going to happen. And the how is in the, the making of the tunics. Animal sacrifice. So the Lord tells him and then displays exactly what's going to happen. How he's going to do it. And we need to understand this because this is the beginning. Doesn't Jesus in, in Matthew 12, let me get there, I believe it's Matthew 12, 7, says something very interesting. And it's not the only place that it's said. But in talking about the, with the, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, especially the Pharisees, right? He's talking about Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath. And he says, I'll start in verse 3. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you, in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, others, other translations will say obedience, and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And it, again, like I said, it's that exact thing. I desire obedience rather than sacrifice, is stated throughout. The point and purpose of all the sacrifice and sacrifices that were made was not for the Lord. It was not to honor Him. It was to cover us. Again, it's being a type and a shadow pointing to Christ. And, and I want to bring this up because there are, are many, unfortunately, who... I'd say I almost have this this fear of the devil, of the evil one. And and falsely attribute wisdom to him. Mm -hmm. I bring this up because the devil is not wise. The Lord literally told him to his face and showed him not only what, but how he was going to cover the people. How he was going to be that propitiation, that atonement for our sins. Which is why it said later in scripture, 
if he had have known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. But there's not an if he had have known. He knew. We just, we just read it. We're discussing it now. He knew. He was sh- not only did he hear it, he was shown. That's our God that did that. That Amen. said it and showed it. So why don't we just trust his wisdom? Because clearly he's greater than all. Amen. If, if the devil had any wisdom, if he had any, he, he would have clearly been come up with a plan, a better plan, and said, we're not going to do that route. That, that clearly isn't the way that we should go. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have any. And Jesus and, said, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, and dies. it remains alone. How but many? if it dies, it brings <laughs> forth much harvest. So, I mean, he said it multiple times in how, many ways. Thank you, right? How many clues do you need to get on, on how the Lord was going to do it? In addition to being told and shown. Right? It, this, uh, I'll say it matters because it does. And like I said, there, there are those scriptures everywhere. You, didn't, you should have known what this meant. I desire obedience Rather than sacrifice, right? First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two. Samuel said, "Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams." Amen. Amen. Right. And but this is important because we're talking about Adam. But Jesus is the last Adam. Amen. So, while we have the, uh, what, what is typically referred to as types and shadows of what is and was and is to come, right? And many of these pro- prophetic words have been fulfilled, and there are many that are not yet fulfilled, right? Mm-hmm. And this is still pointing to Christ being the last Adam. It was fulfilled in him. So it it matters because as we're talking about the Lord and his word and his house, the point and purpose of the house, right, was to honor and worship the Lord. And he also made a place and a room in his house for sacrifice, for the atonement, the covering, being a propitiation, right, Mm -hmm. A, a covering for our sin and shame which we see right here in the fall of man. Do do we understand that? Yes. Again, already designed and carried out in the Lord and his original plan. Okay? Mm -hmm. Another point I want to make, and and this goes back to chapter 2. Verse, um, I want to say 8. Nope. Uh, Verses 10 through 14. Where it talks about the four rivers that are the borders of the garden. Alright? And I just want to point out two of them. You have Gihon and you have the Euphrates. Right? Yes. So let's look at that for a moment. Does everybody know where Gihon is or the river Gihon? 
I'd have to get my Bible map out. <laughs> I will tell you. I just want to know if anybody knew okay. off the top, right? So you typically see it, especially in the New Testament, as the Gihon Springs. And it's even how it's referred to today. It is a river that runs underground and actually runs underneath Jerusalem and where the temple was built. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's Jerusalem. That's in Israel. Jer- uh, and Israel, all the borders, the Mediterranean Sea, right? That is one of, that's the westernmost border. And then you have the Euphrates. Anybody know where the Euphrates is? Iran, Iraq? It is in Iraq. Yes. There's the Euphrates and the Tigris Tigris River, right? Yes. Yes. The Tigris River is the one is the more easternmost river, right? Iraq being known as the land of two rivers today, right? If you go visit, uh, they will absolutely tell you that. Land of two rivers. It talks about the Euphrates specifically. Okay? So, and I bring that up to show the scale of the garden. We're looking at almost to the Mediterranean Sea, hmm. all the way out to all but the border of Iran and Iraq. That is a massive portion of land. And the Euphrates River, yes, it technically begins up in Turkey, runs through Syria, and down in through Iraq, and, and runs at the southernmost point, both the Euphrates and, and Tigris rivers meet up and flow into the Arabian Gulf, as it's known today. It used to be the Persian Gulf, but it is the Arabian Gulf, right? So the Garden of Eden was massive. Massive. And I bring this up for a couple different reasons, right? One, it, in chapter 3, when they were removed from the garden, right? Yes. It says he sent them out at the eastmost portion, point, right? To the east, it says. Everybody see that? Yes. Yes. Okay. It says, uh, and that's in verse 24. He drove them, he drove out the man. He placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Okay? Yes. Does anybody else know what specific or interesting the tail spot is, is also there by the Euphrates? Babylon. Okay. In Scripture, we might know that it is also known as Babylon, right? But there is... Uh, a man by the name of Abraham who came from Ur of Chaldea and his birthplace is also known as Babylon right and that's where the ziggurat is and if you look down from the ziggurat you can and they have it marked out that where they assess that Abraham's birthplace was and I bring that up for a number of reasons right and we're going to cover this later. It's significant because it always ends, tends to be the starting place. Right? If we look through our scripture, the pattern, right? He called, well, really Terah, 
But when he says to Abraham, he says, I called you from Ur of Chaldea. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That would be, this is a, you know, an assessment, right? Based on what we have here in scripture. That that would be the place where Adam and Eve, I'll say, when they were removed from the garden, were. Right? And even if you, if you look throughout scripture, you have Ezekiel. Where, uh, I believe it's Ezekiel chapter 8, he is on the steps of the temple, and then he's picked up by a lock of his hair and brought to the river in Ur of Chaldea. And he begins to witness to the people there. And it's significant because when we sin, when we choose to be in opposition or at enmity, at war, with the Lord, we refuse to be obedient, it brings us to the beginning. We don't just get to remain. Right? There's a, a separation that occurs. How many times do we see when uh, throughout the word Israel is brought to typically one of a handful of places, right? There's Egypt, okay? But many times, they were brought all the way back to Ur, Chaldea, Babylon. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. yes. Medo-Persia, if you will. It's the same general area. It's the beginning. And then, and then as they work out, their sin and come to, an, and by work out their sin, I mean come to a place of repentance and turning to the Lord, that then they begin the process and the journey back to Him and to where He promised that they would be. Everybody got that? Yes. 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 And then lastly, I'll, there's one other thing that, that I want to point out in this, and that's also in verse 24 says that he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Alright? Yes. And we'll cover this in more details. we get to that place. Right? When we talk about the ark. But this should sound an awful lot like what's known as the mercy seat or the cover of the ark. Two cherubim that were placed on top of it, right? And it was all one yes. piece. And then it also says how the Lord rested between the cherubim, right? Yes. yes. So you see that exact pattern here first. The Lord's original design. Design. And behind him, or he guards the way, right? which further goes into what he says John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? Yes. Yes. And also, it talks about there being a flaming sword. That, isn't that not his word? And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Yes? Yes. yes. And we see how all those things point to Jesus, and also talking about his house. Right? Yes. It matters. It matters to the Lord. And we saw it 
here. He showed it to us plain as day in the garden, showing his infinite wisdom and our role in this. Wasn't, hadn't, you know, that's why he also says, I have no pleasure in the sacrifice of bulls and goats and other portions of scripture. It just requires our us and our hearts, our obedience, which is a demonstrating or reciprocating the love that he gave us back to him. It's what he's desired from the beginning. And we'll also cover the the choosing ground, but not not with this episode. Yes, brother. Just as you're talking about back to what was in the beginning, just a <clears throat> interesting thing to ponder. Mm-hmm. Maybe a place to drop out for the day. I don't know. I know you're getting ready to, to close this, <laughs> so I'll be brief. If we uh, look at uh, Genesis 3, 8, mm-hmm. and typically it's translated as walking in the cool of the day. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of struck me as you're reading that this morning. I'm like, what, what is the cool of the day? Is that the morning? Is that the evening? Was there some special time of day that it cooled off in the garden? What was the temperature all the time in the garden? I really started thinking about that, right? And right, so, exactly. So, of course, what do I normally do when I start thinking of it? The interlinear. I go to the interlinear. Absolutely. Let's go back to the original text. And it's translated better mm-hmm. as the breeze of the day. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let's look, at the, let's look at the word for that. And I was, I was actually expecting... Um, to find something similar to when God breathed into, okay. in, into, it's not. It's not the same word, so it's interesting. But it is translated best as breathe. It's uh, ruach. Ruach. And it just made me think, as we're thinking about going back, like what mm-hmm. you know, ultimately as we mature and grow in Christ and in our walk, as we say, in Christendom, right, we're becoming closer and closer. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the image that was in my mind as I'm looking at this was that Here's a relationship with God that he is so close to us, literally close to us, that we feel his breath Mm -hmm. on us as he communicates with us. I mean, that close. That's that's what they experienced. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and let's build on that, right? Because he is the breath of life. And it talks about the wind. Oh, yeah, there's there's tons of stuff. It's just just interesting. Like, there's this part of their day. Which is what? That God comes to commune with them Mm -hmm. so closely, so intimately, so wonderfully, because he loves and cares for so much that you could actually feel his breath on you. Again, I'm not saying it's doctrine. This is good, brother. But let's look at this also, right, for this one other part. They were being led. Adam and woman, later Eve, right, were being led by, as you just pointed out, the the wind right you can't catch the wind but let's also look at what we talked about in the beginning the holy spirit which translated is ruach hakodesh the holy spirit which don't we see that here especially in the new testament and we talked about this uh in the last week in the previous episodes all right of his spirit was there to lead them and to guide them he showed us this pattern right here in the garden he was there leading them they adam and woman were there to tend and keep Mm. he said make sure you receive this he's there to teach them all things and to lead them and guide them into all truth exactly how he purposed it from the beginning amen Amen. Amen. I know there's a lot there, so we're going to pause. And um, 
I definitely we'll just we'll go over this again tomorrow, and I want to provide opportunity for everyone to be able to to discuss and share what the Holy Spirit speaking ministering to them. Amen. 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 Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Thank you, sweetheart. Well, I just thank you for today, and just thank you for coming into our midst and just giving us everything we need and just being a sacrificial lamb. Well, I also just thank you for providing your word and not leaving us wanting. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.